All right, welcome to Old School. Cenk Uger, Alonzo Bowden, Maz Jabrani. A solid crew here today. Like we we could we could put a hurt on some folks. Uh, comedically, uh, well, at least you two. Uh, intellectually, maybe even physically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got Alonzo, we got Alonzo, that helps a lot, Cenk. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, don't underestimate me. I, I, I've punched a lot of people in the face in my life. Yeah, Jank, uh, you couldn't be Jank and not have punched someone in the face at some point in your life. That's <laughs> well, the problem is you guys got me on your side and this nose is not made to be <laughs> dodging a lot of punches, you see? Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, at least you've got the, the Persian heritage, which sounds a little intimidating. That's true. Yeah, I could probably pull. I could probably scare a couple people who watched the Chuck Norris or Steven Seagal movie in the '80s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, did you guys see? There was apparently some sort of. Uh, I'll get to the sponsors in a minute. The kind of sponsors. Uh, did you guys see the that apparently Rogan? I just saw the headline. Rogan did a fake tweet, or he didn't mean to, and he took it out, or something. Anyway, the bottom line was. Somebody was kidding around that Steven Seagal had joined the invasion of Ukraine because yeah. now he's like a big Putin acolyte, right? Uh -huh. And so apparently people believed it, including Rogan. Uh, but no, it's not. Alas, unfortunately, it's not true because it would have made for an awesome thing if Steven Seagal and Vitaly Klitschko met in the battlefield. Wow. I will say that Steven Seagal, he's one of those people crazy enough. That you could believe that, you know, that like yeah. some people, if you say <laughs> that's, it, that's ridiculous. With Steven Seagal, you're like, yeah, could be. Well, that's the problem with these action heroes. They all they all start believing their hype. Although Seagal was an actual martial artist, so I'm always wary talking bad about anybody. Even though Seagal has gotten older and bigger and a little harder and not as fast, I still think you know he'd kick my ass. So. Um, he, you're right. He is the kind of guy who would show up on that field in the gear. The gear is 99% of it, by the way. You got to wear that gear. You know, we'll get a radio in your hand, be calling out signals. Maz, just bring a donut. <laughs> just, just bring a donut. He'll curl up and be your friend. Yeah. Well, Liam Neeson is another one who's been talking a lot of smack. I didn't know he was a hardcore right winger. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that true? Yeah, I'm hearing that for the first time. Yeah, oh, he that's, had that's so sad. He had, I know, he had something on Twitter. I had to look for it, but um, I was surprised when I read it. We got to verify. You see now, Alonzo, because now Jenk just told us that they they got Rogan with that fake tweet. So maybe you saw a fake tweet about Liam. But then again, I think action stars just tend to go that way. I think. A lot of them even start with like some open, you know, they're they're sympathetic, empathetic actors and enough ass kicking. And before you know it, they're they're putting out right wing tweets. Yeah, come to think of it, I, I, I never thought about that, but that that way. But it's true, action stars and talk show game show hosts. So yes. so on that Chuck Norris, uh, as far as I know, deeply Republican, um, and I think. Um, who was it? Well, I mean, Kevin Sorbo. Ke count? Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo, who was uh, the gladiator, gladiator or something. He's complaining. I don't know if you saw his thing, the video. He was complaining. Why he's like, I got all these movies lined up, but I'm too conservative for Hollywood. They won't fund it. I'm like, really? Yeah, Kevin Sorbo's been saying that for the past 20 years. When when was 
he was on TV as Hercules, what, in the 90s? Yeah. Or even in the 80s? Like, no, you just haven't been cast again. You know, yeah. that, like, that was it. You you had your run. <laughs> yeah, it's and true. Nobody, you know, I never thought about it that way. Leave it to you guys to come up with these gems because, like, Nobody knew Kevin Sorbo was a Republican until about like five years ago. Well, what happened to the other 15 years? Right, right. It's <laughs> yeah. the same with um, with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, what's her name? Um, Sarah Michelle Geller. No, no, no. The the she did. I think she did the movie or the TV series. I can't remember what. But she's a right winger. And. I don't I know why I don't, I don't know why like my 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 question is like when they when they come out as right wing or whatever and they start talking they first of all they talk about how like they have to be quiet in Hollywood and all this other stuff but we all know there's a lot of especially in the producer level there's a lot of right wing producers right I mean I did the TV show 24 years ago Joel Cernow is a famously right wing leaning guy and it took a, a lot of Muslims and people of brown skin backgrounds to tell the other guy, Howard Gordon, that, hey, this depiction of Muslims is negative. And he came around, he was open-minded and he's been a good guy and embraced it. But Joel Cernow is is very conservative. We all know that there's a lot of other producers who blow things up. I think the more they blow things up, the more conservative they are. That feels like yeah. that's the way to go. Yeah, Christy actually, Swanson, that was the name I was looking for, Christy Swanson. Right. Very, and I know her. You know, I know her through the uh, motorcycle world. She's a motorcycle rider and stuff. And it, it's funny when you talk to people like that because she's really cool and she is who she is. And then you see her posts and stuff, and she's like total Trump anti-mask conspiracy. The whole, and you're like, but you were just talking to me. Like, did you notice the 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 whole black thing I got going? <laughs> it, it's it's a strange. It's a strange separation to me when I see it. Well, Alonzo, did she say at any point, did she say, you're my African-American? Wasn't that no, what Trump famously not. said? She, oh, okay, okay. She did not. <laughs> so, but you know, guys, that's it. I'm gonna come back because I just thought of all of these action stars and game show hosts who are Republicans. But, but before I come back to that, I wanted to address that because Alonzo, like, I talked about this on the show at the end of last week. There's a guy, uh, they're doing some anti-gay bill. Of course they are in Florida, Republicans are. And, a, and a, there's a, a gay legislator there and he got up and gave an impassioned speech. And then the the chair um, said to him, uh, hey, don't make this personal. And I was like, wait, you're passing a bill against his identity. What, like they're literally taking away books that mention gay people. Because it would like poison the minds of young people to know that gay people exist. What part of that is not personal? Um, well, there's a big disconnect. They do that whole thing, Jack, where they'll say things like, you're one of the good ones. Or yep. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about those people. And you're like, well, those people are my cousins. What are you, what are you talking about? So they have a disconnect. Yeah, 100%. And, and so for me, um, and obviously Moss can relate to this as we're both Muslim background. Um, Trump said during the 2016 election, I wanna do a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the country. Well, what part of that isn't personal? That's exactly how our parents got here. That's exactly how I got here, I'm first generation. And so anyone who voted for Trump said, "Oh, banning people like you without knowing anything about you and your mom 
and your family, banning all of them, I voted for it. I, I, I really like the idea, but hey, don't take it personal. Well, I'll tell you when it's personal, when you say white people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then it gets personal real quick, right? Then they get it. Then, then they get an 800. Say, they, you know, they get white people did this or, or, or cops kill black people or something. Then it's personal. Hey, hey, now it's Alonzo, me you're talking about. And, Alonzo, and that's what. That's and when this they set is up what an 800 Maz was number. talking about, the disconnect. They will do that with a straight face. They will make a blanket statement about a minority and say, don't take it personal. And in the same breath, like you respond with something about white people and they're like, that's a personal insult. That and, and also Alonzo, they'll set up an 800 number where they can call and complain that they felt uncomfortable <laughs> that you mention anything bad about white history. I mean, that's the biggest joke. I heard that in Florida that they want to do that number if you feel uncomfortable. I go, where were you when I was this Iranian kid straight from Iran to America and the hostage crisis happened? They would call us effing Iranian, beat us up. There was people like getting death threats. There was no phone number to call. They'll be like, hey, I, I feel uncomfortable. Uh, and by the way, to this day, my own son, he's half Indian, half Persian. They were at the mall and some white kids were calling him like Sanjay and and tell him the color of his skin was the color of his shoe, like all kinds of horrible stuff. And there's no phone number to call for us. Yeah, and and as we already covered, Maz's nose is not for hitting. Um. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so. it, it, well, it's the same way with, um, well, Jank, you were talking about it with gay people or with black people. Like they never, they never check with black kids when they're too young to learn about race. Right, they're, they're never too young to learn about race, but white kids, apparently white kids under 31 are too young to mention race. They'll, they'll, their mind will explode and they'll feel bad about what their grandfather did to make all that money. <laughs> hey, that's a great point too, by the way, because CRT isn't taught until graduate school. So you're right, they're trying to protect white kids all the way until they've gotten their PhDs. And then, and then you can stop talking about, yeah, start talking about white history. I noticed that there's not a lot of talk about uh, victimhood anymore. They they were big on that, like uh, because you know anytime you said, well, it, you know maybe it's a little racist when cops beat up black people and arrest them at four times the rate for the same crimes, etc. That that's that doesn't feel right. I mean, that might be a racial issue, right? And they were like, "Oh yeah, victim complex over here. Oh, everyone's victim on." And then since Trump, they they mastered victimhood. Like, oh, Absolutely. we're so afraid. I was stolen from me, etc. So I think that they even subconsciously got like, oh, right, 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 right. Now that we've been put upon, like five percent. Like, oh, we didn't win the election and we don't get power? What the hell, right? Okay, now all of a sudden they think like being victim is cool. Well, the victimhood even to the point where Trump was saying that the attorney generals trying to convict them are racist just because they're black women. I mean, the, the irony that this guy who's clearly you know, led his life being you know, at the core racist, let's face it, he's a racist dude. The whole that whole strategy he uses, which he flips around, which a lot of like white people listen. There's a lot of great white people, by the way. I don't want to just poo poo on white people, but <laughs> the white people who the white people who use that whole thing, they'll flip it around and they'll say 
Yeah, but by you bringing up race, aren't you, you know, going into, you know, you're kind of you're 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 basking on it too much. And can't we move on? Can't we move past it and just move on? And I'm going. So this makes you uncomfortable that we're having this discussion, you know? Um, yeah. Well, so, I promise yeah, you. Yeah. I promise you, there's no one Trump fears more than black women. Yeah. There's no one he fears more than black women because he does not know how to battle them, talk to them. They they're smarter than him. They've been through enough. He doesn't intimidate them at all. And they will crush him. No, okay, we're on to something. We got something here. Because Alonzo, I've been wondering this like for like in the background, you every time we've done a story about a black woman, Trump and and, and Trump, Trump is apoplectic. Like he that really nothing triggers him more than that. And I I could never figure it out. What is it? Why why is Trump so Literally scared of black women, right? And and I think I just figured it out because remember the grab him by the genitals comment, right? That Trump his whole life has just been barreling into sexual assault after sexual assault, like uh, like trying to kiss women without their permission, as he said on the tape, uh, grabbing at them, etc. You know who's not going to put up with that crap? Exactly, black women. Exactly. That's why he's afraid of them. Because he's never been able to intimidate a black woman. I promise you. I promise you. Even when he was a little spoiled kid, if there was a black woman that worked for the family and he tried something, she would be the one to tell him to stop, you know, to check him. I guarantee you, he's been scared of black women all his life. And 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 you know what? Good. Good. Let him let him show some fear and respect. You know, it, it's what's going on now with the Supreme Court. This is another thing where they they're like, don't bring up race, don't bring up race, and now they have to speak in code through this whole nomination process, right? They the whole thing is she's a black woman and we're afraid of her. Yeah, well, no, that was the whole. That was a whole Mitch McConnell. Remember that Mitch McConnell clip where he was talking about, like, he's like, yeah, we have black people in my staff. I think we have black people. I'm not sure about that. He was stumbling, he was fumbling his whole thing. As you said, they're trying to say, no, it's not about race. And there's a lot of code talk that you just go, really? Like that was during the elections when Trump would say, at first it was, a, first it was the Mexicans are gonna get you. That's how he got elected the first time, Mexican and Muslims. And then in this most recent election, he kept going, if you elect these Democrats, they're going to be coming to your neighborhoods. Who's they, Donald? Who are you talking about? That's going to go scare suburb, white suburban women in your convoluted world, where you probably haven't even gone to the suburbs and paid attention that black people already live in the suburbs. It's a mixed suburb, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, yeah. That was not coming. That's another thing too, right? They're like, oh, like. You know, why do you guys say Donald Trump is racist? Come on, guys. He ran a whole 2020 campaign trying to scare people that black people are gonna burn down their neighborhoods. Like you you really miss that? You really think no, that, they, that was they know it, but they have to pretend they have to pretend they don't know it. It's insulting the 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 feigned ignorance is insulting. And that's why you can't talk to them. That's why you know, Maj, you were talking about having a discussion. You can't have a discussion with someone who pretends to be ignorant. 
you know, and and a lot of these Republican Congress people, senators, they are educated people. They they know what they're talking about, and they play dumb because dumb plays well with the base. And you cannot talk to them when they're like this. You know, um, Michael Steele. He he pointed out that he said he was talking about you know get about the black woman thing. He was like, do you know how much harder it was for her to get through law school? Like from back then, she was bad. You know what I mean? Like these are women who battled every step of the way. Not once did they get a break. Even um, what's her name? The the handmaid Amy, whatever her name is, Tony Barrett. Amy Comey, but I, I just call her the handmaid. I honestly do not remember her name. I refer to her as a handmaid. But even she got breaks. You know what I mean? She got white woman breaks. If you're a black woman, there's no breaks. There's there's no point where they're like, yeah, this door is open for you. This is gonna be easier for you. So that's why they're not scared. Cause because she's like, you know how much I battled to get here? It was like when Judge Sotomayor was was being going through the process. And Justice Roberts tried to challenge her on race. And she said, do you really think you know more about racism than me, a Puerto Rican woman from the Bronx? And he didn't say another word. He just he just said, oh, gotta find some other way to go. You know, it, it's it's ridiculous, but they will they will try it because their base falls for it. Yeah, I was telling Anna earlier today, because of something else that came up today. It's like I'm not sure I've ever opened a single door with a knob in my career. I've had to break every one of those <laughs> doors down, right? Because it's like, if you're not in our position, it's hard for you to understand. And by the way, I mean, what Maz said earlier about like, of course we don't mean all white folks. In a majority country, it's always hilarious. Like that you have to clarify you don't mean all right. white. <laughs> of course, because everybody knows tons and tons of white people. And of course, you know, some of them are jerks and some of them are wonderful, right? Because that's the majority of the country. It's like having to say in China, I don't mean all Chinese people. Um, <laughs> but you know, you know what's funny about that though? The white people you're not talking about, like the not racist, not crazy, they know you're not talking about them. They know it. Yeah, that's true. So they're, yeah. they're not offended. Because they know you're not talking about them. You know, the interesting thing with you, Jenk, where I would like to be on the other side of the of the door you're breaking through. They're not sure what you are. You're just not white. Yeah. Right? You you could be, you know, that you could be a lot of different Mediterranean or or whatever. They're like, hmm, I'm not sure what he is, but I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of. To be fair to folks, there's a lot of reason not to like me. I'm brash, <laughs> right? Like I'm keeping it real, right? I'm I'm loud, and I have ideas that are different than other people, and it makes people uncomfortable. So it's definitely not just about race, religion, or anything like that. And Maz, I'm sorry, Alonzo is absolutely right. Most folks don't have any idea what I am, right? But it's just on first glance, for sure, right? But but Alonzo. I didn't realize how other I was until recently because, but because of exactly what you're talking about. Because a lot of times I was treated perfectly fine. And a lot of people thought I was Italian and et cetera. So I didn't get the, the black experience in America, right? And or the minority experience in America for what, especially when I was growing up, I was in a pretty nice suburb. We didn't have much issues going to pizza restaurants. Literally, this would literally happen. 
And they go, hey, Paisan, right? <laughs> and, and so, but on the other hand, whenever I had to say my name, or even worse, was someone else had to say my name, and then a giant other was like imprinted over my forehead, right? Sank. Then I say jank, and they're like, okay, and then we struggle with that. And I get it. I totally get it, right? But what I didn't get was so, like, I'm the most understanding person in the world about my name. How the hell is anybody supposed to know the C's pronounced like a J? Of course, you don't know that if you live in America. There's nothing wrong with that, right? I joked around there the other day on Twitter, actually, because Twitter, I was trending. And Twitter spelled my name wrong, okay? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You That otherizes me and is deeply racist Twitter. And then I was like, I'm just kidding. Uh, everybody is. <laughs> the minute you anybody runs into my name, they know I ain't them. And so in a sense, I've become the other to almost everyone. In fact, one time, super randomly, I ran into the guy who was, you guys remember, was called the Egyptian John Stewart. Now this is- Yeah, Bassem yeah. Yusuf, mm-hmm. Bassem Yusuf, yeah. Bassem Yusuf, exactly right. And Bassem said to me, we were ta- all talking in a group, and, and I said how I was Middle Eastern, right? And Bassem said, no, you're not. You Turks are Europeans, you're not really, uh, uh, right? And I'm like, now I'm not even Middle Eastern. <laughs> Nobody wants you, Jank. Nobody wants you. That's actually a that's actually a joke I do at my shows whenever there's a Turkish person in the audience. Because you know, I'll go to the, through the crowd. I'll be like, who's here? There's Arabs. There's Iranians. There's wherever Pakistanis, et cetera. And then I run into the Turkish person, and I'll be like, oh, you're all European. And I do that in like quotes, and I go, you guys tried to be European until you found out you 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 had to pay taxes, show up on time. And I was like, you guys are you're, you're Middle Eastern, you know. I've been to I've been to Turkey. You guys are just as bad. They smoke all the time. It's a lot more. You guys are a lot more Middle Eastern than you are European. But you are right there in the middle geographically. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, Turks are a, a trippy bunch. I mean, uh, a lot of Turks got tons of redneck in them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and what I mean by that is, like, you tell a Turk to do X or Y, and he ain't gonna do it. Okay, it doesn't matter what it is, and it doesn't matter if it's good for him or not good for him. You tell a Turk, do this, and he'll be like, let's fight. Okay, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just not gonna do it. So if you tell him, hey, I got a delicious banana cream pie, and he loves banana cream pie, he's like, let's fight. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. So <laughs> you know, you know, you were talking about being other, and I and I'll tell you something I've experienced. I don't know, Alonzo, if you you obviously when you stand when you get on stage, you're clear. Clearly a black man. When I get on stage, I could be something else. But more importantly, nobody knows what your politics are. Nobody knows what my politics are. But I think we're living in this era now where certain things start to give you away to the person who's you know off stage, the audience member who's watching you, and may come from that like triggered white person world where they are far like they're extreme conservatives. When you start talking about anything that talks about like getting your vaccine or making fun of people that were anti-maskers or that stuff, I've done shows where I didn't specifically mention Trump. I didn't say anything about white people, black people, nothing. But I know I've triggered these people because I'm talking about like my belief in science and just what's going on with the pandemic. And I've had people like you know yell things out like, "All right, that's enough of the politics" or whatever it is. 
And you're like, I'm just, I'm talking about science. And yet I think that's been another thing that identifies us as other and lets them judge us. Well, that is something that I never have to deal with because they know that I'm not a Trumper. They know it. The minute they see a black person on stage, they're like, well, he ain't one of us because (laughs) it's so, you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's a few right wing black people, but the vast majority of us aren't. And they know that, you know, that, that whole thing of comedians shouldn't talk politics. It's like, no, you just don't agree with what we're saying. If we, if Mm -hmm. we agreed with what you were saying, then it would be fine. If there was a comedian, they didn't have any problem with comedians doing politics when they were making fun of Obama. Like if you do an Obama joke, politics is fine, right? If you did a Clinton joke way back when, politics was fine. But a Trump joke, they're like, oh, don't do politics. But fortunately, I I heard the don't do politics, which I don't care. Sometimes I would destroy them for even raising their voice in the show. But there, I never had that problem. And it's funny you mention that because I've talked to white comics who are liberal guys or apolitical guys, and they've had that problem. People come to the show, especially in the Trump era, right? And they see a middle-aged white guy, they assume he's one of them. Mm-hmm. They, they make that assumption that you're on our side. And then they're even, they're angrier when they find out that that person isn't on their side. You know, I, I know a guy, he played a cop on TV. So they're like, well, you gotta be one of us, you're a cop. And it's like, no, no, I'm I'm an actor. I'm an actor. I played a cop. It, it, this is real life, you know. And he is so he's like completely opposite of that. But they they want it to be that. Even the guys on the um, even the, even the what was the comedy tour with um, Larry the Cable Guy? Oh yeah, the uh, the 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 Redneck tour, whatever the the yeah. um. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry Cable They're guy. Not, you know, Larry the Cable guy is not a conservative guy. I, I think he's kind of middle of the road. Ron White is not. Other, I think the only thing that Ron White might be conservative conservative about is not having to pay taxes or his ex wives. I think those yeah. are the two things he would like to get away from. <laughs> well, they, he's gonna find a, a a broad audience for that. <laughs> <laughs> About those two topics, uh, but it's uh, it's a really good point that actually, yeah, uh, middle-aged white guys are gonna get more anger uh, if they make political jokes about Trump because it, it feels like betrayal, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, they, I, I'm I'm gonna go back. There's so much that I want to comment on, but I'm gonna go back to the the black women scaring and intimidating Trump because I we gotta find her. Here's my new prediction. A black woman bitch slapped Trump. Okay. I'm not I'm not even kidding. Like some woman just slapped the bejesus out of him, right? And you know what a coward Trump is. That probably stung him from then to today, right? So we need to find who that American hero was. You know who that was? You know who that was? That was some woman at Studio 54. Mm, yes, Probably many women there, many women there. But That's I think when it, teacher, it, when I'm hoping in the days of Studio 54, he was coked out and he crossed the line with some black woman who was in the club, or he thought she was, he thought she was her, and she was like, "I ain't her," and slapped. Yeah, that I bet that's where it would happen. I'm and hoping Letitia. 
Richard James is about to bitch slap him because I mean it's it's nice to see whenever he tries to intimidate her or the AG in in Georgia. And I love when they just stand up really strong and they're like, we're not gonna be intimidated. We've been working too long on this. You can't break, no one's above the law. And I just know he's probably sitting there just like, just sweating in his underwear, just the nasty old man. And they, you know, coming up with like that racist. I mean, get the, it just, it, it'll be, I think we all have this fantasy of him you know, being let out by, in cuffs and, and, I, and I hope it comes. And if that day does come, um, gentlemen, uh, dinner, steak dinner on me, and uh, and I don't know, I'm gonna cry out of happiness. I don't yeah. think, I don't think that day will come. I think the ex presidency will protect him from that, but New York will continually go after his money. They keep yeah. taking his money, and he he that hurts him just as much. They're like, oh, your fake foundation, yeah, we're taking all the money. Oh, your your fake golf course charity thing. Yeah, we're taking all of that money. I don't I don't know if an ex president is gonna because you know he's obviously a criminal and and used the presidency for financial gain and all of that. But I don't know if they'll ever nail him for that. But if they just keep taking his money, it's almost as good. And it hurts. I'll still buy, I'll still buy you the steak if if they take his <laughs> money, I'll buy you the steak. Okay, but it's they got to take a lot of it. They got to take almost yeah. all of it. Yeah. Okay, I'm just trying to be fair to Moss here, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm worried Alonzo's right. I mean, I don't want to get too political, but they, um, um, because the right wing wouldn't be mad. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> because uh, it's depressing. But a couple of prosecutors left the Manhattan DA's office because they're. It looks like they're not going to prosecute Trump. And it's just so maddening. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And for all the right wingers out there, guys, it's not because we don't like him politically. Like I would never have him arrested because he wanted to ban Muslims from the country. You vote against that guy. That's that's it sucks, but it's normal politics, right? No, we we want him charged because we think he broke dozens of laws. He's a lifelong criminal. We actually care about the rule of law. It's really important. Um, so I might come back to that topic in a second. There's like a thousand things I want to back you guys up on. Uh, somebody was saying, um, like the white folks who like aren't racist don't catch feelings. Like they they don't get offended because they don't think you're talking about them, right? And right. and so when the right wing started to Go on the war path and say, let's not teach racism anymore. Like the fact that racism existed in America, let alone today, right? They're still obviously on that war path. And I, I made that point on the show. I'm like, it never occurred to me to be offended at teaching racism because I didn't take it personally, right? And to to Alonzo's point, I'm kind of a an indescribable race and ethnicity, right? <laughs> so. Like, and then I realized, oh, oh my God, everyone who's offended that we teach the history of racism in America is racist. That's why they're taking it personally. Otherwise, it wouldn't even occur to you, right? Like, why, if you, okay, here, we'll pick another random race. So, for example, the only race that's ever been banned from the country is the Chinese. Uh, there was a law that was passed saying that, that the Chinese could not 
come to America. Trump proposed one for Muslims, but it never fully passed, right? Uh, but it did pass for the Chinese. Uh, if we want to teach that in schools, and I was like, whoa, whoa, what the hell? Why? <laughs> We'd be like, oh, okay, that happened. So I'm, yeah, of course we should teach it. Like you don't yeah. only catch feelings about that if you're weirdly racist against Asians, and you don't it's, want people to know. It's like everything else that the you see some people on the right complain about, right? They go, they're gonna take away our guns. No, they're not. There's way too many guns. It's impossible to take away all your guns. They're gonna take away our freedoms. They're making us get vaccinated. And they're gonna take it away. What what freedom? What do you what are you talking about? It's 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 private business. If a business doesn't want to let you in without your mask or unvaccinated, they should you should be pro private business. So in this case, with the CRT and learning teaching racism, I've seen some of these people ranting at these school board meetings, and they're talking about they're going to turn my kid. Make my kid feel bad, and is it right to make a kid feel bad and pit the white kid against the black kid? And they're doing a reenactment, and they're making the white kid play the slave owner, and all. And I'm going, I don't know what you're talking about. Now, there's possible, it's possible, it's all anecdotal, right? It's possible that there's some teacher who's just not the best teacher in the world who's taking white kids and saying, "You guys are slave owners, black kids, you guys are slaves." Now let's reenact this thing. That's just a horrible idea to do it that way. There's probably a lot better ways to teach people. But again, they don't listen to logic and sit there and go, CRT doesn't even start till graduate school. And furthermore, to know America's history, not just with slavery. I come from a country, Iran, that had a democratically elected leader and America overthrew that leader. And that led to what then ended up leading to the revolution. But we don't learn any of that stuff in American in in history in our history classes. You don't learn about the overthrows of of other governments and all the dirtiness that this country's done. And once you learn about that, then I think we can move forward as an educated population and not make those mistakes again. But they're quick to take it and go to the nth degree and go, this is going to make my kid feel bad and insecure and blah blah blah. So it's like every other thing that they do. Well, yeah. and you know, to your point, Jank, about Chinese people not being allowed in the United States. I don't know if you know this. Black people were not allowed in Oregon when Oregon was founded. It was it was illegal for black people to go to the state of Oregon. That's why it's still so white. And you know that there's a meme that that explains their hatred of CRT perfectly. You know, Ruby Bridges was that little girl, the first one who went to segregated school, and they spit on her and throw rocks, and they're like. The people who spit on and threw rocks at Ruby Bridges don't want their grandchildren to know that they spit on and threw rocks at Ruby Bridges. That's what it mm -hmm. is. They don't want them like it's very when you talk about it being personal, they're learning what their grandparents did. It's not that far, you know, it's not that long ago segregated. There are still some people alive who are around during segregation. And there are certainly white people alive that their grandkids gonna be like. Especially in any southern state, Grandpa, why didn't you want the black people to eat, you know, at at the hamburger counter or something? You know what I mean? Like it could be that could make for some real awkward uh, discussions. So yeah, no. So guys, it's it's never about race, right? It isn't like all oh, white people did this and white people are bad and stuff. Because I give you a perfect unfortunate example. Um, so you want to see people catch feelings? Uh, tell Turks you're going to teach about the Armenian genocide, mm -hmm. okay? 
And then all of a sudden you'll see, oh hell no, no way, no way, okay? Why? Because their ancestors did it. So that's why they get you know, really emotional about it. It touches their core identity. And so I've lived it, I've seen it, I've, you know, and then when I was younger, I did it, right? And, and, and by the way, when I was younger, I was a Republican too, so I've lived a lot of these lives. I've lived as a Middle Easterner, as a European, I've lived it all, right? And so it's kind of a unique perspective. And so Turks aren't, aren't you know, are, are actually Middle Eastern. So it obviously doesn't have anything to do with any race. It's just that they they feel they feel like they're being personally insulted or their ancestors are being insulted, and that's why they take it personally. But it isn't about that. It's just did it happen or didn't it happen? Let's teach the history so we can learn from it, so we could all get better, right? Well, and by the way, some of that is also tied to this idea of like nationalism. We're the best. We're always the best. And that, just like you said right now. Like as an Iranian American, there's a lot of things in Iranian history, or there's a lot of things that Iranians have done, or even you know supported. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of racism within the Iranian community against each other from different regions of Iran, much less people from other countries and much less people from different uh, uh, you know uh, skin colors and all that stuff. So it exists, and the problem is that people get so nationalistic about themselves. They go, "We're the best. We there's no we we can't talk about anything bad about ourselves," which is a danger. I mean, the whole point of growing and being educated, not repeating the past, is to teach about this stuff so that we truly get to a point in the world where we go, wow, we were we had a horrible history and we look at how much progress we've made, you know, but but it just it, this 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 head in the sand style of history uh, is is the most ridiculous thing in the world because it's not history. That's just that's just well, marketing. Another thing and I don't know the history of Iran or or Turkey, so I can't say if this is true in your countries or not. But one of the things here, it was the law. It wasn't just people, it was the government. Like the government made slavery the law, the government made segregation the law, the government made Jim Crow. So it was like within the black community, yeah, there's just, you know, colorism, right? Where light skinned black people get treated better than dark skinned black people and things like that. And, and there are various things like that. But the big difference is when it's the law, right? When, when it's like, when they talk about violence and they compare Chicago to, you know, during Black Lives Matter, they're like, well, what about all the killings in Chicago? It's like, well, those are gangbangers. Those are criminals killing people. We're talking about the police. The police are not supposed to kill people. Like gangbangers, yeah, that's one thing. But you can't compare the two. This, this the history of racism in the United States is government endorsed. The law, the racism was the law, and that's that's what they don't want you to know because it was like, yeah, everybody did it. It was it's what we did. Yeah, you know, I really must be colorblind because first of all, as you were saying that, I was like, wait, is Alonzo light skin or dark skin? Um, I would be. I'm somewhere in the middle, but I would not pass the paper bag test. Are you familiar with the paper bag test? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't pass the paper bag test. And and then and then. I'll tell you guys something amazing. I didn't realize how brown I was until Trump. Um, like, I mean, literally in hue, right? I, I, you know, I knew that I was darker skinned Turk, 
you know, overall, some Turks look Asian, some Turks look very Eastern European. Depends on you know which part we had conquered and and their parents had grown up in, right? And so, so I guess I knew that I was on the darker skinned side, but it's kind. Of, it was amazing that it created a social phenomenon that made me go, oh yeah, I, man, I, boy, I'm brown, aren't I? Right. And so, I mean, I guess that's kind of a good thing pre Trump. Well, you know what's funny? You know what's funny about that, Jenk? You have the perfect tan they would kill for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They spend hours and hours in the tanning salon trying to look like they they don't want you to get skin cancer. Can I have that color? I'll take some skin cancer. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. In law school, somebody used to call me perpetually tan. (laughs) <laughs> the other and there was another was, Turkish kid. He was half Turkish, half British. He had he was. And this is gonna sound funny, and he was a good friend of mine. But he was gorgeous, and he had green eyes. And man, that dude looked like he had a tan literally every second of every day of his life. Well, Jake, the funny thing, as you you mentioned about no realizing that you are darker skinned when the uh, when the Trump thing happened. For me, it was always ironic to run into. Iranians, Arabs, Indians, any any uh, um, immigrant who became hardcore Trump supporters, and I would ask them, I go, don't you realize you're the person that he does that he's talking about and he doesn't like? And they would try to differentiate themselves and be like, no, 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 he's not talking about me. He's talking about those guys, and I love that he's standing up to all the illegal people and this and that. I mean the. The job they did on making immigrants sound like they were gonna come here and just kill every American, when statistically speaking, the most dangerous people to Americans are Americans. It was crazy. And so they had convinced immigrants with your skin color that would talk crap about other immigrants and be like, no, no, I'm not that. And I'd be like, okay, I'll tell you what, Try and go through the airport with your name, Mohammed Abdul Hossein, or try and show up, <laughs> just show up at one of these events, at one of these events, and just and just mention, you know, oh, I'm from Iran or what. Let's see how it goes. And these people were so just out of their minds. And so it's it, it's good that you were like, oh, I'm different, and it's a good thing. And they they went, I'm not different. I'm more white. They said, and they went the other way, which is crazy. That yeah, they true. Don't. Now that you now that you mention it, there would always be one or two black people at a Trump rally. I don't think I saw any Middle Eastern people at a Trump rally. I <laughs> they were there. They just didn't put them behind him because remember that was the complaint. They were like he they were like he doesn't like black people, so they were like find a couple black people, put them behind him. <laughs> but the, the Middle Eastern people were around all over the place, <laughs> but they just put didn't put us behind him. Yeah, no, my my uncle voted for Trump. So it, yeah. and and by the way, here I'll tell you two uh, funny stories related to this. Uh, one is uh, a friend of mine from Turkey called me before the 2016 election, and he said two things. He said one, Trump's going to win, okay, uh, and two, he said uh, he's going to get a higher percentage of the Latino vote than you guys think. And I was like, that's interesting. Why? He said, I know immigrants, and he said. Once they get in a, a, a significantly high percentage, uh, will say close the door behind me, right? 
yeah. don't want the next guy coming in and taking my job. Okay. And unfortunately, he was totally right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, but he only group, got worse in 2020. The um, other group, and we don't have them represented on this panel, but the other group that's confusing are women. You know, they, they have zero respect for women. And these women, white women, right? White college educated women supported him uh, hugely. And you, you're just like, why? What? What? There's nothing he said or his followers or whatever, the, the Republican Party, they, everything they say is anti women and these women can't wait to support them. No, but let me correct something there because it's a big, big difference. Actually, uh, college-educated white women are pretty solidly Democratic voters, but non-college-educated white women are the number one demographic supporting Donald Trump. Okay, I had that back. My mistake. Thank you. My mistake. Yeah, and uh, and I was always shocked by that, but I think Alonzo might, or or maybe it was Maz. I I don't remember, but I think you guys might have solved that one too earlier today uh, in this show because. When we were talking about how Trump ran the whole 2020 election on black people are coming into the suburbs, and then one of you said, and they're coming for the women, right? Your women, which is like the oldest <laughs> uh, racist trope. Like the non college educated white women might have believed them and be like, oh my God, I'm personally in danger. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? In, Although, in danger or about to live a fantasy. <laughs> Alonzo. <laughs> That's funny. So, and now the other story is to give you a sense of how absurd racism could be. There's a saying in Turkish, and I swear to God, even when I was growing up there as a little kid, I never understood it because it's that nonsensical. You're not going to be that surprised that even an eight year old didn't understand this. But my. And I'm gonna throw my grandmother on the bus so badly here. She's passed on, she was a good person otherwise. (laughs) And I'm throwing Turks on the bus in in a big way in this whole show. But uh, she used to say, you know, the worst of everything uh, ends in az. And and laz kaz kiras, obviously that's in Turkish, so I'll translate for you guys, okay? Laz is a specific ethnicity within Turkey. They're Mm. also Turkish, but they're the Black Sea Turks. Mm-hmm. And so the stereotype in in Turkey is that ah the Black Sea Turks are idiots. <laughs> okay, or instantly so nonsensical you can't, like I can't I don't I can't pin the tail on that donkey I don't know where the donkey is I don't know where the tail is I don't know what the hell this is. Okay, and then kaz means duck, and kiraz is cherries. What? Why are cherries the worst fruit? Why are ducks the worst animals? And what do black sea turks ever do to you? But because racism and that kind of like otherizing and making somebody else the bad guys or the dumb guys or the violent guys, etc., it's in our genes, man. Everybody does it all across the world. Some dude who didn't like cherries and ducks came up with that. He was like, I need a rhyme. To go with the cherries and the ducks, he's like, you know what? Those people from the Black Sea, we call them the Uz. Let's just and this guy, that was his logo. That was his. That was the make great, make America great again camp. That was their campaign. You know, Uz, Luz, and Biraz or whatever. <laughs> I used to, I used to have a joke about it that race. This is how racist they are. Like when there were no black people around and no brown people. 
they would divide up the white people. Then the Polish were dumb and the Irish were drunks and the Italians were crazy. It's like, okay, we don't have anyone else. We'll divide up amongst ourselves, but I need someone to hate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because even the Italians were a little brown, but they had no excuse on the Polish. And, <laughs> and they did it anyway, you're totally right. But on the other hand, my grandmother, who she was just repeating an old Turkish saying, um, uh, my, it might have been a, a kind of a preview, a foreshadowing. Laz Kaz Kiraz and Dr. Oz. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Do you know he oh. challenged Dr. Fauci and Dr. Fauci still hasn't responded? <laughs> I mean, what's that poor Dr. Fauci gonna do? I mean, uh, challenge him to what? To push-ups? What is he? What is no, Dr. Fauci? He, he, he keeps putting it on Twitter every day. Like I challenged Dr. Fauci to a debate 45 days ago and he hasn't responded. And people are responding like, I challenged Serena Williams to a tennis match and she still uh, hasn't responded. <laughs> you know, I I challenged LeBron to a one-on-one -on -one game and he still hasn't responded. <laughs> No, it's such a shame because Dr. Oz was such a good doctor. He's a really good heart surgeon. And apparently Ben Carson was a great brain surgeon. It's just when you catch republicanism, it's that you want to talk about a virus. Somebody invent a <laughs> vaccine for that. Cuz it just takes otherwise intelligent people and turns their brain into mush. Okay, but we're almost out of time. I promise the comments and the sponsors so who does a sponsor in the last minute? <laughs> anyway, it's kind of made up sponsor anyway. Too Strong Coffee, okay? TooStrongCoffee.com slash TYT. Look at that beautiful mug. Collector's item, handmade, made in America by a progressive woman, okay? Uh, and the coffee, uh, also progressive, gives money to progressive causes. TooStrongCoffee.com slash TYT. Uh, real quick, let me read all these. Uh, first of all, Ace Boogie's a new member on YouTube. Ace, you're awesome. And at TYT Premium, we'll upgrade it to TYT Premium. Will, you're awesome. Uh, hit the join button below. 